0: Welcome to the Authors Who Lead podcast. This podcast is dedicated to you, people who want to be inspired by authors, leaders, and the messages they share. This is such an important podcast to us because we help uncover what goes on behind the scenes when authors are writing their book. We talk about the process, we talk about where they get big ideas, and you can listen in on those conversations. We can't wait for you to join us, so let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. I'm so thrilled to have you here. I'm Asul Taronis, your host of Authors Who Lead. And today we're talking about how you can write your book in 30 days or less with these five simple tips. Now, many of you might thinking, well, writing a book in 30 days isn't my goal. I just want to write a good book. That's fine. But these tips apply to getting a book done the most efficiently as you can. So let's dive right in about how we can actually get our book done faster than we possibly could have done before this episode. So let's start. Tip number one, you don't need to be editing when you're writing. Now many of us don't even know we're doing it, but we were trained in school to be editors. That's right, you weren't trained to be writers, you were trained to be editors. What I mean by that is, you were trained on how to make this pass the class, meet the expectations of the teacher or the professor, and you turned in something that you knew was gonna be graded by them, And that's your main goal. Your goal wasn't how how do I write this in such a way that makes me feel proud or lights me up or is the message I want to share. No, more more often than not, you were given a prompt that you had to respond to. It wasn't some piece of work you were writing because you cared. Now, I'm not saying you didn't care about your schoolwork, but I taught school for a lot of years, so I know kids did what they had to do to pass the class. So if you're a B student, you turn in the paper and you get a B back, you're happy. If maybe you're an A student, you got back a B, you would definitely want to redo it. Your teacher would give you maybe chances or maybe the next paper you would work on the things you didn't do. That's the way we normally write papers. And that's an editor brain. That means you're looking for, um, what does it take for this to be good? I just want it to be good enough. So I get the grade. And so you start to write with this editor brain, removing things you think would be off topic or that the teacher won't like, or, uh, moving away from, um, maybe your own voice to make it more like the voice that they want. All those things can really get in your brain when you're trying to write. And this seems to show up later on in life too. Maybe you edit, you delete, you edit, you delete. If you had that experience where you're writing and you you start writing something, but you delete it, you probably have an editor brain turned on. And I want to convince you of not to editing when you're writing, not editing at all if you can. And that seems counterintuitive because most of us, especially if we're perfectionists, don't like to see words that aren't written well. In our mind, written well means someone might see this or read this. But in this draft, the early stages of your manuscript, no one's going to see it quite yet. So stop working so hard to make it, quote, good. Good meaning what people, other people will think of it. It should be, is this what I had to say? So don't edit when you're writing. In fact, most of the time when you edit, you're editing things that maybe will maybe not make it in the manuscript. So you might write a chapter, let's say, or a paragraph, and then you get stuck. Then you start going back to fix things, and you edit, and you edit. You might spend several days, several hours editing one piece of work till you get it what you think is good. But if you take it to an editor and they say, this chapter isn't necessary, and they want to remove it or encourage you to remove it, you might be less inclined to do that because you're like, I spent a lot of days and weeks on this chapter or this title or this chapter or paragraph. Well, if it doesn't fit the book or the reader is confused and it's got to be removed, then... You spend a lot of time editing for nothing. So don't start editing with your editor brain. Your editor brain works very logically. It works on critique, analysis, things like that. And it's it's really good if you're trying to edit something to think that way. But it's not good if you're trying to create something. And that's why manuscripts get stuck. So tip number one, don't edit when you're writing. In fact, I often say don't think when you're writing unless you're thinking on the page. I know it might seem counterintuitive. How will I know what to write if I'm not thinking? You'll know when it comes out on the page what you're thinking. You don't need to do two steps. You don't need to think and then write. You definitely don't need to think, edit, and then write, and then edit again. You can see how it can take a long time to write anything. Your skills at the level uh, that you are with the moment you start writing are the skills you have. You agonizing over it won't necessarily make it better in the writing stage, but your editor brain could really help later on. Tip number two. I want you to utilize... um, something called a writing sprint when you're writing. Now, some of us, we have a daily writing habit. We like to write every day. Some people like to go and write in uh, short sprints where they go away for a weekend or they lock themselves in a room. They write uh, because they have Saturdays off or something like that. That's fine. But I want you to write your book with the idea that you're going to sprint it out, which means um, you're not going to sprint something if you're not intending to finish. So let's say you have a book that's 50,000 words or let's pick 30. It's an easier number to work with, With 50,000 or 30,000 words. Let's say your book is that long and you want to write it and get it done, but you only have a certain amount of time and you figured I can write a thousand words a day. Then I could finish this book in 30 days. Or if you can't write it in 30 days, then maybe you say I could do 500 words every day. And maybe it takes you half an hour or 45 minutes to write that that amount of words. If you have a sprint where you're writing as much as you can within a week, so that within the 30, period, 30 days or four weeks period of time you've finished a manuscript, you'll have at least something to work with. Most people work on a book endlessly and never finish. And when they get to the end, they're just so overwhelmed, they just stop. And I want to help you stop that. So writing a book in 30 days isn't about writing a book, your best book you can in 30 days. It's about getting a rough manuscript. Imagine you're trying to collect the best clay that you need to make a vase or a pot. You want to get the best hunk of clay on the potter's wheel so that you can start to work with it. If you spend too much time adding one little pebble at a time, it's hard for the clay to come together. It might dry out, might, <laughs> it might disappear, right? You've got to stay focused. Get that lump of clay on the potter's wheel. Then you can begin to spin the wheel and weave it into the thing it's supposed to be. The lump of clay isn't the vase, right? The lump of clay is the manuscript. The manuscript isn't the book, it's the lump of clay. So just think about that. So tip number two is use a writing sprint to get it all done in the shortest period of time as possible without dragging this process on. And tip number three is write out your main message before you start to write. If your message isn't clear, you'll have a hard time reorienting yourself back to your book's focus, right? So your main message is, what is this you're trying to communicate to others? What's the message that they can carry easily? Meaning if someone asks them, I see you're reading a book. What's it about? What they'd say to others it's about is the main message. And if you're having a hard time saying, well, I can't really say it, you know, all in, you know, in a sentence or you know, it's too long, it's a book after all and I, you know, you have to read the book to know what it's about. That's too complicated. In fact, that's that's a bit of a fool's errand because no one will know what your book's about when they finish it if you can't be clear about it when you're speaking about it. So get clear. In fact, most authors and especially new ones try to overfill a book with information. And that they're hoping to feel more confident by putting a lot of, quote, research in there. And research is another enemy of writing. Uh, Not that you shouldn't research, but sometimes we we research in effort to prove ourselves or what we're saying with somebody else's voice. Like, if this doctor said it, that article said it, then it must be true. That might be right. But remember, this isn't academic writing. Books are typically written with evidence and proof. Sure, if you cite somebody else's work, please give them credit. But if you're trying to make a point and you could just make it, please make it. You don't need someone to always prove your point. So stay away from all of that research unless you absolutely need it. But also make sure your message is clear. I often tell people, look, books are not words. A silly thing to say, perhaps, because I know that books are words. But what I mean by that is books are messages, not words. The words contain the message. The book holds the message. The book uses the message uh, as a way to, the book to vehicle to get it to people. So those words are necessary, but your message is more powerful than the words on the page. In fact, if, if I said, tell me more about this, you should probably carry on a lot more than you did. But if you think that a book is words, you're going to put lots of words in there thinking that's it. And the truth is, if someone can't carry the message away, it's really not that useful. Your goal as an author is to get people to talk about your book when their book's not in front of them, to utilize the tools, right? When they're away from the reading and to talk about it with other people. That makes a book really powerful, right? Yes, you can get more out of a book if you read it than if you don't, but plenty of people get tons of value out of books like, uh, let's say, The Tipping Point, which I've read, but a lot of people have talked about it in the past, or Atomic Habits. The premise is so simple and clear that if you got any gist of what the book's about, you could utilize it and actually talk about it. So make sure your message is written out and clear for you in a sentence or two before you start writing. If it isn't clear to you, you probably aren't, you probably have too much in there and you need to get more clear because most of us, we try to write a book that makes us sound good or clever or smart. And that's not useful to the reader. What's useful is they can understand it. Most books, John Grisham, for example, you know, it's not a nonfiction book. There'd be other examples, but John Grisham's books are written about a sixth grade level. Why Because he wants them to finish the book, he wants them to move. he doesn't want them to stop to look up words every five seconds just so they know what's going on, right? The cadence and the pace should go quickly. Well, you know your audience should you should know what their what their goal is if their goal is to have some something they can take away the goal isn't to test their their eighth grade ninth grade, twelfth grade vocabulary. your goal is to get do they understand what I'm communicating and I'm not saying you don't use proper grammar or or even important. Or, or words that have uh, weighted meaning because they're important to your subject. I'm just saying, I think most of us overthink the fact that the words of the book and the message is really what I want you to focus on. All right. Tip number four, when you're trying to write a book in 30 days or less, one of the things I want you to think about is besides the message, you need to have a really clear picture of your ideal reader. Who is this person you're trying to communicate with? What are their values? Where do they spend time? What do they care about? That's what I want you to focus on when you're, planning your book because your avatar or your ideal reader makes it infinitely easier for you to write if you're able to talk to just one person. I know your book was going to help lots of people, but the idea is when the person that is ideally suited for reads it, they feel like you're talking directly to them. Like somehow you listened into their mind and could tell everything that they were thinking. If you can get clear about your ideal reader, then you won't try to please everyone. And often as it said is books for written for everyone or usually books for no one. So it's better to, to attract the ideal reader to your book and make a difference through the way you write it than it is to try to make it for everyone. You can't write it for all dads. Maybe you write it for dads under the age of 30, or if you're writing a book for golfers, are you writing hobbyists or are you trying to get someone who's trying to get on the pro circuit? If you're writing a book about leadership, what type of leader, a male leader, uh, a junior leader who's just starting out, like, what kind of leader are they? are they? That will help you work on your tone and the pacing and the information you need to provide for them. So that combined with your main message and the clarity of that message and the clarity of who it's for, when you write, you can feel like you're writing a letter to that person so they feel like they're really understood because people will talk about a book and will keep turning pages if they feel understood. I learned this, this valuable lesson from the book Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. It's not a book about writing. It's a book about a FBI hostage negotiator who basically talked about his life and how he uses those those tools to actually help relieve or release hostages. But the thing I took away from it is that what he said in his book was that I know, meaning him, Chris, the author, he knows when he can get his hostages released from a terrorist when this one simple thing is said, and that's when they say, that's right. When Chris Voss says, when he's able to establish a bridge of empathy where they feel understood, that's when he knows he can get them free. It's a powerful understanding because when you have the idea of your message clear and the reader, and you're able to identify who they are and speak to them so clearly, they're like, that's right. That's me. That's how I feel. Then they have a more powerful opportunity to turn the page and keep reading. So making it easier for yourself by writing to only one person is what I recommend. Because if you try to write to everyone in that niche that you possibly could write to, you'll have a hard time keeping their attention. And not only that, you don't want to write to everyone because you want to write to the people you want to attract, right? You don't want to write a book for everyone. You want to write a book for people that care about your topic. And if you're an author and a public figure, when you write these books, people are going to reach out to you, find you on social media, connect with you on LinkedIn, and If they're not people you want to speak to because you've called everyone, then you're going to find yourself frustrated. Or if you have a program or or some offer that's made at the end of the book or in your website, if you've attracted the wrong people, they're not going to purchase or buy or commit to whatever program or offering you give because you told them this book's for them, but then you wrote it to somebody else. You wrote it for everyone. And everyone is somebody else, right? They're just one person. And the last thing I want you to think about when you want to try to write a book quickly is set a weekly or daily word count goal, rather than how much time you'll write. What I mean by that is, some of us will say I'm going to write a little bit every day, and two things go wrong there. Number one, most people who say they're writing, aren't writing, which means they're researching, they're googling, they're editing, they're arranging, they're outlining. None of those things is writing. Those those uh, are definitely important, but they're not writing. So when you do writing and you set a a word goal, meaning this is how many words I'm gonna write in this period of time, you give yourself a better chance of completing your task because it doesn't matter if you work three hours on a piece of writing, if at the end there's only 200 words and that your goal was to finish a book, you're gonna find yourself falling behind. Not because 200 words is a bad goal, but if you didn't have any idea how many words you needed to write that day, then more than likely you won't write them all. I know when I'm sitting down to write and I have a word count goal, I feel like, gosh, I'm really struggling to get past this amount of words. I just want to quit because it doesn't feel good. But feeling good isn't the point. Writing the words on the pages. So I take a deep breath, stand up, walk around, and I keep putting words on the page until I hit my goal. That's how I'm able to write a book in 30 days. Now, some of you are like, oh, that sounds great. Just do the math. Sit down and do the math. If you know how many words you want to write, many of you don't know. So you can even Google how long is you know, whatever your favorite book in words, how many words is it? And you can find it. You realize that there are books longer than yours and books shorter than yours, but there is no perfect word count or word length for a book. It's not page pages that books are made of, right? I'm a publisher as well. And when we lay out books, we don't lay them out necessarily just by word count. We lay them out by pages, right? You have to know how many pages this is. But the number of pages don't equal the number of words, so you can't use. Oh, it's 120 pages; it must be this many words. It's not true. The font, the size, the spacing, the binding—all those things change the word counts. Are really important because they help you measure um, not only the goal but how you edit it, how much does it will it cost to do all those things. So, setting a weekly or daily word count is important. If you have you're in the middle of your sprint now. I like to write daily goals. Sometimes I'm too busy to have daily goals, so I'll send a weekly goal. I know I could write three days a week. I might send a weekly goal for that week and hit that goal. Or if I have a, a, a sprint and I'm doing 30 days, I would definitely want to hit my writing goal for that day because I know that maybe it takes me an hour, an hour and 20 minutes to finish that goal. But when I'm done, I'm done. And at the end of my 30 days, I I'll know I've I'll finished. So setting a, a word goal rather than, an I'll work this many hours on my book will help you because you realize you might stare at the page for three hours and then never write anything. Last story here I'll share. I had a roommate, uh, actually it wasn't a roommate, it was a friend that was visiting. Uh, we went to the same university, went to borrow my computer because he didn't have one and I was going to be at class and working all day, so they were there. I left in the morning around nine and you know I came back around five. And they were sitting there when I left and when I came back. And they were sitting there, You know I said, how's it going? And they nodded their head like, it's going, it's going. Okay, wish I had more. And the truth is, they had no more words on the page on the computer than when I left, no more words. So they wrote all day long, but had the same amount of words. So they wrote, deleted, edited, rewrote, put it back, but that's not progress. That's editing, but not progress towards finishing a manuscript, or finishing anything for that matter. So I want you to think about these things. I want you to turn off your create, your editor brain for a while, that judges you, tells you it's not going to be good, what no one likes it, what if this is the wrong topic, what if they doubt I'm the authority. All those things are what editor brain does. It makes us judge ourselves and start thinking about things that aren't writing. The writer brain is the creative brain. And the creative brain was given to you at birth. You didn't have to earn it. You just had it. And school kind of, as Sir Ken Robinson has said in his TED Talk and his books, that schools have killed creativity. And to ignite creativity, you have to separate your brains and turn on the creative brain. And the creative brain, when it writes, doesn't have any bounds, mean no limits. It doesn't have any judgments of whether it's good or bad. It just does the thing. And that's what you need to do if you want to get your book done sooner rather than later. I hope these tips help you. I look forward to hearing from you. Please, if any of these help you or you want to send me a note, reach out to me. You can find me on Instagram at Azul Taronis. Actually, find me anywhere at Azul Taronis and let me know. Maybe you have an idea of what would make a good podcast episode, or maybe you just want to share what you thought. Those are all welcome. And of course, if you're looking to write a book, we are opening up our brand new programs this year. We want you to go in there and check out our offerings. We have an amazing community uh, where you can join writers just like you who are in the middle of the writing process. Maybe you just started. Maybe you're just starting with your idea, but you can join these programs, our our apprentice author program for $90 for 90 days. It's a great offer because you gets your feet wet. You get to join other writers, ask questions. We have workshops that we host for those that are free as part of the community. You get community support and you have an author power hour where you can join other writers to write in community, which feels good. I do that when I'm feeling stuck. I join a writer, uh, the, the authors um, writing author power hour where we write together to get me moving. There's an entire summit in there in the apprentice community where you can go and learn and connect with the learning that you have from all the guests that we have over the years. So I think it's a great place. So if you're looking to write a book, go to authorswholead.com, check out our community and join us on your journey for writing a book because writing together is one of the most powerful tools you can have. Thank you so much again. We appreciate you and we're grateful for all the opportunities that you've given us. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. And if you're back, we appreciate you supporting us. That's it for today. I'm Asul Taronis. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to another episode of Authors Who Lead. I'm Asul Taronis. We appreciate you. Please subscribe so you can get the notification that we have new episodes every week and go to authorswholead.com to learn about our show notes and all of our backlists of amazing authors we've interviewed since the beginning of this podcast. Thank you and have an amazing day.